In today's Two Guys from Nebraska podcast, we will be discussing the Final Four and why it's the best three-week event in all of sports. We'll be discussing the Loyola basketball Cinderella run. We're going to be making predictions on the Final Four. We'll have some prop bets for the Final Four, and we'll be previewing our Masters pool that we'll have as well. Be sure to follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Two Guys from NE. Any questions, please shoot us an email at twoguysfromnebraska at gmail.com and enjoy. Two Guys from Nebraska podcast with Mark Lewis and Ross Sinclair on Anchor and iTunes. Bringing you all things sports, Nebraska, and lifestyle with guests from all across Nebraska and the rest of the United States. I'm your host, Mark Lewis, and joining me is Ross Sinclair. Well, first of all, hold on. Let me start this right. Hold on. Oh. Hey. What you got there? Got me a little Guinness. Wow, that's, enjoy uh, that's unusual. I've never seen you drink one of those before. I know. It's March. It's 9 o'clock. It's a Tuesday. Is it Tuesday? I'm losing track of It's a Tuesday at 9 o'clock. Um, so I, I was thinking about it, and, uh, and I wanted to get your thoughts on it. But March Madness is by far the best sporting event in the United States for the casual sports person, or not even the sports person. And, and, and here's why, in my opinion, anyway. It's, what, three weeks, four weeks long to build up storylines. So you don't have to watch anyone know anything about any teams, and they give you four weeks, pretty much, to yeah. catch up. Like, you don't, you don't need to know anything about LeBron or anything. It's just, all right, these guys from yeah. Loyola, no one knows a single guy's name. And yeah, now it's, it's kind of like uh, the, the, stories, the stories haven't even written yet. People can just start watching – you know, first part of March and find out who the, who the, the big storylines are and the, the, the players are. And it is, it is pretty unique in that sense where you don't have to, you know, know anything about the players going into it or, and the, and the other thing is the coaches are always the same. So you kind of, you kind of get a feel for the coaches year in and year out, and, but it is cool each year. There's always a different story or a different, different upset. But the thing, you know, that brings obviously everybody together and the reason why it's so big is because of the bracket and just, uh, the 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 form that has taken on over the years and how everybody fills out a bracket. How many people do you think? Uh, I was talking to my wife. Uh, I said <laughs> I went high. I said eighty percent of Americans fill out a bracket. Do you think that's? that's a- <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I don't. I don't. I'm gonna go. I'm probably gonna go forty percent. I think forty. Well, I mean, let's just pretty much. Uh, how, all right, how many women are doing one? Uh, that's a good point. Yeah, and, and then, high. well, then, and then knock down, yeah, back yeah. down to sixty, and then knock down everyone below the age of ten. <laughs> I don't know, but <laughs> but, uh, but to your point, though, I mean, yeah, it, it does bring it together. The other cool thing, and, and you talked about this last time a little bit, is and the coaches, right? Everybody knows Bob Huggins is going to be pressing the entire game, and, and so. You kind of know what to expect, and so if you, you follow the coaches and you know what that is, that's awesome. But, I mean, and then every once in a while you throw in one of these feel-good stories that, that people can kind of get behind, the non-casual person, you know, and, and even kind of the females, which is my kind of transition to, to Sister Jean, who everyone's talking about. I, I, we yeah. talked about it a little bit. I can't stand she's like their start. Of- she's like their starting two guard, isn't she? Oh, God. You know, and so – 
that that's what kind of makes me mad a little bit is in an effort to bring in more viewers and an effort to to talk about some of these other out you know outlying storylines they talk about this and they, these kids from Loyola are doing such a good job of playing basketball that we want to talk about Sister Jean and how she's she's the reason. It's like, come on, guys. Yeah, no. I mean that's I mean that's CBS for you or whatever yeah. Turner they're trying to. I mean, it's a uh, like you said, uh, it's the biggest event in America for over a three week span, and um, they can't just talk about uh, X's and O's and pick and rolls. They got to find a, a underneath storyline. Um, that uh, American viewers can get behind and or whatever. So I mean, that's kind of what they're. It's a TV show for three weeks, and they gotta they gotta tell a story. They can't just. Well, break. I'm I'm gonna tell the untold story. All <laughs> right, I'm telling the untold story. So Sister Jean, you know, in all of her great success since being team chaplain at Loyola, her career record is three thirty seven and four fifteen. Three thirty-seven and four fifteen. So that's a losing record. Yeah, so it's four forty-eight is is her winning percentage. She's <laughs> she's like the New York Jets. Uh, <laughs> seven out of twenty-four winning seasons. One conference championship this year. One NCAA tournament seasons in twenty-five years. Yes. Wow, that's yeah. even more impressive. The fact that they're in the final four. <laughs> right. One NCAA tournament. This is their first tournament appearance since like eighty-six. Wow. They've had four head coaches and no players drafted. But you know what? You're right. She's the reason. All of a sudden, she figured it out and got this team to shoot 55% from the freaking floor. I mean, come on. Yeah. You know. I mean, she's deceiving in her wheelchair. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I get it. She's talking junk to Barkley, and it's funny. But I mean, I, I we really – I mean, First of all, you, turn around, you hear that she's 98 years old. Uh, but then she's actually – I mean, she speaks pretty well for yeah for hundred. So I think that was something that uh, that maybe they were more surprised of when they put a microphone in her face, so they, they did it over and over again. Um, so so nuns hold to a vow of poverty. Is she taking buses to these games then, or is she flying first class? I mean, something I to think about. Is she, she better be staying in a convent in San Antonio. I'll tell you that much. I am not big on my sister Jean knowledge. I'm, <laughs> I'm a little more fired up in this, but there are so many, there are so many situations where this has happened in the past, and I get it. They have to do it to tell the story. But I mean, the the first one I can remember. I don't know if you remember, but do you remember Kurt Warner in the Super Bowl, his first year playing against the Titans, and we were like yeah, freshmen yeah, in high school. Yeah, ninety ninety nine. Yeah, so, yeah, 98-99 season, right? So I went back and looked at this. And it, you almost have to be making it up. This is how crazy it is. So Kurt Warner, obviously the bag and grocery stories, yeah, everybody yeah. knew that about him, right? But apparently his wife had, like, uh, was widowed, cancer, like, single mom of three kids, and then adopted two more. And that's the storyline to go along with Kurt Warner doing all yeah, this. And so. She was uh, dealing with cancer. Yeah. And so, you know, it's like every time the Mannings are on TV, they got to show the parents. Or every time Kurt Warner is in the Super Bowl, they got to show her. And so uh, it's a way to connect in the fans. But I just, you know, a lot of the time wish they would just put it back. I mean, uh, what, what are the odds? What are they going off at this weekend? I uh, took a quick glance at it today. Villanova is favored uh, to win it all. Um, you would think – you would think Kansas would be second, but obviously Nova and Kansas play each other, so yeah, they're saying they're, they have Nova favored in that game. I think the line is five and a half, which I agree with. 
Uh, but man, Kansas, I don't know if, if Kansas can get out and get their shooters going. I didn't really like the way Duke, I mean, I know Duke plays the zone, but Kansas had them pretty spread out. I mean, I know it was a close game and Duke almost won there at the end, but Kansas had them spread out four corners. Uh, they could enter it into the middle whenever they wanted to. And that kind of, I didn't really pressure the guy with the ball in the middle either. So it was, if Kansas can shoot like they did, and I think it was his name, Malik Newman was uh, the guy that got yeah. in overtime. Um, the only thing is with Villanova, and I've watched them several times this year with them being in the Big East, playing Creighton and so on, they're just all over you on defense. I mean, they're, I know they're not, they're not probably as big as Kansas. Um, when you talk about Kansas is two big guys, but man, I don't know. I, I, Nova is just so fundamentally sound and so well coached uh, that you know, yeah. Jalen Brunson, Brunson is by far the most valuable player. I think so, the country's that that's what I was gonna ask you. So out of all four teams in the final four, who's got the best leader? Best leader out of all four teams in the final four. And Probably. I don't know enough about Florida State. Florida State's not in it. Oh, Michigan, I'm sorry. Michigan. Michigan. Sorry. Uh, I think probably Brunson. I mean that guy is I, and he hits clutch shots too, like yeah. Goes down in the post. I mean he'll post up. I don't know. Graham's going to be guarding him for KU, but he'll he'll post him up and he'll school him down there. Um, he just he's so good down in the paint. So I don't know. I, got, I agree with uh, I agree with that. I don't know about the spread. I could see Kansas maybe covering, but I agree with Nova. I mean, they're just the way they're playing right now. Um, who's got Who's got the best coach in the Final Four? There's three really really outstanding coaches and kind of an unknown. I mean, who, who's got the best coach? I mean, Jesus, coach. Um, I mean, the way the uh, B-line's been coaching him up and when he gets the teams in the tournament. That's pretty impressive. Uh, but as far as, I mean, if you're talking about in the tournament, they all seem to do well. I mean, Self uh, seems to be a in, good in-game coach. But over the course of the whole season, I would give it to Jay Wright. Mm-hmm. He just, I mean, the focus he gets out of his players. I mean, they have four losses. I think they're, you know, three of them are by two points. You know, I know they took Creighton overtime. They lost at Providence. They lost at Butler. So, I just think he's probably the best coach because he, he gets the full focus out of the whole season, kind of like a like a Nick Saban type. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bill Self has to maybe remind his guys, uh, you know, when the tournament, tournament comes around, hey, let's focus now. Uh, Michigan, you know, they lost to Nebraska, so that shows where their focus was. That <laughs> it um, got stomped by Nebraska. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, hey, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know, Jack, about Porter Mosier and Loyola. Uh, but I love the way their team plays. So, just guessing, the way you, I like watch, it's probably the most fun style I like watching, but it, I think it also is the most um, volatile in terms of if they're not hitting their shots, then they kind of are careless with the ball at times. So, again, I don't, I don't know. Loyola? Loyola, yeah. I mean, they're really fun to watch, and they're really up and down, but I can see that being a – I mean, kind of an issue. I've only been, I've only watched them play twice. So. Right. Well, right. We all have. See, really play their first two games, so it's hard for me to say. But uh, I like their two guards, and they got a big lefty down low. So, yeah. yeah. We'll see. Uh, it should be an interesting weekend. Final four. Is that is that in the uh, Alamo Dome then down there? Uh, man, I, I know it's in San Antonio. I would imagine it's in the. I don't know do what their arena. I don't know what the arenas they have down there. I mean, I know they have WrestleMania in the Alamo Dome, and this is kind of like WrestleMania. You wouldn't know so, that. Of course, I would know that. Um, did you watch the Duke Kansas game in Omaha? The the yeah, game. I watched it. Uh, see, I was because I 
we uh, were downtown Friday night, and uh, we were gonna we kept an eye on the games Friday night, but I didn't really watch them that closely. So I wanted to, I watched it Sunday on my couch. The Duke Duke Kansas that was great game back and forth. I don't, they, I don't know how many lead changes there were, but it was it was pretty sweet. They were saying Tom Chattel wrote an article in the World Herald saying that it's the greatest sporting event or maybe greatest game. I, I don't remember the exact terminology in Omaha history. I think, uh, yeah, I heard a little bit of sports talk on that same topic. Um, I would agree that it's definitely the biggest event that's taken place in Omaha. I don't, I don't know enough about it. I mean, you grew up here, so you'd probably have a better idea. But, I mean, I can't think of it. I mean, just like as far as, like, national perspective, like, literally the nation was watching that game. Now, they probably weren't going like, oh, like, you know, if you live in, yeah. if you live in uh, Texas or Ohio, you're not, like, going, oh, man, this is such a big event for Omaha. Like, right. You just hear the word Omaha mentioned a lot and you're like oh maybe you're like your perspective of omaha might change a little bit the fact that they're yeah. hosting that big of a game um so you, you've got two of the top five brands in college basketball you got college world series coaches yeah series i mean nobody nobody watches that outside of no omaha. i mean it's a big event here every year and it's helped our city grow immensely but um, i mean has it the college world series i mean i think it's something that I don't know if it's been the reason why Omaha's grown. But I, mean, it I don't brings, know. I just it brings tourism to the city every for a week and a half. Every, yeah, everyone everyone knows we have it, and so I don't want to seem like a Grinch about it. But it's like, man, that that Vanderbilt Virginia final, man, that really gets me hot in the pants. No, who? I don't think anybody. It's not really the games. I mean, the games at Rosenblatt. I mean, maybe back in the day, the games at Rosenblatt were. I don't know, a little bit more legendary, but yeah, before the internet, when you can tell whatever story you wanted to. Oh, yeah. it was so much better. Why? Because <laughs> you're drinking beer with some shirtless guy in South Omaha. I don't know. Yeah, man. <laughs> like before, there were cameras or anything to, to actually show it. It was so much better. I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> I'm going off on a tangent with that. It's fine. Final four. So, who do you got in the finals then? So I'm gonna take Nova and uh, I'm gonna say Loyola. It's, it's nice and scrappy against Michigan and upsets them. I don't know. I mean, Michigan. Michigan's got uh, what do they got? The big man Wagner, Mo Wagner or something. Wagner. Yeah. He didn't shoot well against uh, Florida State, so if they can kind of take a recipe out of Florida State's book um, and disrupt them as far as defensively, that's hard to do because Florida State is super athletic. <laughs> But uh, they're not as, they're not a great shooting team. And then who knows, man? Loyola's on the run. You never know. So I'm going to take right. them versus Nova, and then, then I would take Nova by 12 points in that in the mm. championship. So, so now the Nets. I think they're I think they have the best player, and they have that Bridges is a top lottery pick, and they're just good, and they have a great right. coach. I've got a few props for you to put on record that I want to know what you have to say. All right. All right. Jim, Har- Jim Harbaugh's had an awfully quiet offseason, uncharacteristically compared to his first couple of years at Michigan. Does he make an appearance at the Final Four? Ooh, awfully quiet offseason. Let's see. Yeah, he has been. Well, they went, to, they went to like Italy last year. And he was running around shirtless and in cleats his first year. Or do I just say yes or no? Yeah, yes or no. I'll give, I'll give you 50-50. Yeah, he's there. He's uh, Harbaugh. Harbaugh's there. All right. Uh, final four game. Over, under, Sister Jean references, seven and a half. 
Ooh. Under. That's a lot. Seven and a half. That'd be eight times. I mean, who's counting? They're going to put her on camera three freaking times alone. They're going to put her on camera pregame, halftime, and postgame. There's three. Is that a reference? I, I would think. They're going to say her name, and here's Sister Jean talking about God knows what. Just If they just put a camera on her, is that considered a reference? I'm going to go ahead and say no. They uh, gotta say. They gotta say the term "sister Jean." Let's say you and I were in the crowd up in the nosebleeds. They put a camera. Is that a reference towards us? No, that's why I'm saying no. They gotta say. They gotta say the term "sister Jean." Taking the under. All right, that's that's not bad. I'm sure, you're taking uh, the under. Oh, dude, it's gonna be, it's gonna be overs in like the first half. <laughs> the pregame show. Last image of one shining moment: Jalen Brunson or or Jay Wright. Oh, both together with the new little confetti thing coming down on them. Ooh, good, nice. All right, those are the those are the ones that I had. Just wanna just wanted to have it out there. Sure so, of one shining moment. I I I don't know what it is about this Kansas team, but this is. And again, I, I'm just reading what everybody else says to it and listening to kind of what everybody else talks about it. But this is the most overachieving Kansas team that Self's had. And I just think, I think they do it. And I think it's going to be, it's going to be Self and his guys just overcoming. So I think it's going to be Bill Self with his team kind of doing their thing. Yeah, I don't like that pick, but I just, uh, I think that's what it's going to be. I don't know why. I just, bucks on it. You'll win 300. 100 bucks to win three, huh? Three to one odds. Yeah. Oh, I can't. I can't. In good conscience bet on those bums. <laughs> uh, you know what's funny? I'm reading a book, and it's it's called Thinking in Bets, and they talk about how all of a sudden it says, "Hey, you want to put a hundred bucks on it?" it? Changes your perspective on how sure you are about things. Exactly. I love it. Yeah, it's pretty good, and, it, and it's actually uh, it's it's pretty good for me to calm me down a little bit because I like to say, "Oh, yeah, of course it's going to happen." Yeah, hundred yeah. bucks. Yeah. No. <laughs> so, anyway, uh, I'm doing a I, I'm doing a bracket for the Masters. You're saying something about that? Yeah. What you so saying? you draft you draft six golfers. You get a salary cap like DraftKings, right? Okay. Yeah. How much money you start with? I don't know the dollar amount of how they do it, but it, it, it's weighted. So, like, you some of them are like you get. Two tier ones, two tier twos, two tier threes, or whatever, right? You got to pick one from each column, or however that checks out, or you know, you get one and one, one tier uh, column one, one in column two, and so on. But okay. what it's going to do is going to take an aggregate score. So if you shoot 68, 70, 72, 70, that's your score for your golfer, right? And they add them all together, and the lowest score wins. Oh, so just the total. Yep, yep. If you have a golfer that doesn't make the um, the cut, you take the highest score of that day, and that's your golfer score. So, like, the last place guy on Sunday shoots an 83, your guy doesn't make a cut, you get an 83. Basically, you need your guys to make all the cuts. As long as you get your guys to make the cuts, you got, you got a pretty good shot at it. Okay. Um, it's probably um, easier said than done. Uh, it is, but, you know, I've always – I've done this now for five years. It's, it's pretty fun. So, like, Angel Cabrera, right, is always, like – the lowest category and he finishes in the top 20 most years. So like he doesn't cost you anything and he finishes well. And he crushes like 10 cigarettes on the course with his kid. So it's really it's good. T- yeah. It's good TV. It's really good TV. So, 
Uh, we're going to do, like, I think I said 20 bucks. We're going to do 20 bucks and kind of get it out to everybody. And we're going to have some fun with it. It's a lot of fun. It's so a big Yeah, because we'll see the Masters is next Thursday. So, yeah. 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 A week from a week from this Thursday. So, yeah, uh, get, I'll continue to get it out there. I want to talk about it and, and make sure because it's really it makes it that much more fun and see, see if we can yeah. have some fun yeah, with man. it. Let's do it. Yeah. Yeah. So there, uh, I was looking. Uh, yeah. So who are the favorites? A couple of props I was looking at. Um, so you can bet there's on the big uh, the big eight is what they're calling them. Yeah. Favorite to win the tournament is actually Rory McIlroy. So can I guess the big eight? Yeah, guess guess some guess some names in there. All right, Woods. I just gave you one. All right, you got two. Uh, Mickelson. Nope. Oh, Outside. Wow. Uh, Jason Day. Yes. Adam Scott. No. Oh. Uh, far, far down the list. No was, kidding. Past yeah. Um, who played well this past weekend? Uh, Bubba Watson. Yes, he is in the top eight. That's three. Um, God, who did he play in the final? He played some bum. Uh, well, Jordan Speed's got to be in the top eight, even though yep. he's been playing like crap. Yep. Um, Ricky Fowler. Just outside of the Ooh. top eight. Ricky. Boy, Ricky. You love you some Ricky. Um, I'll just finish it. Uh, yeah. Justin Thomas. Justin Thomas is – yeah, he played well last week. So here's, here's the order. Rory yeah. McIlroy is favorite. Yeah. Just, then Justin Thomas. He's been hot. And Dustin Johnson. Oh, God, I suck. Tigers fourth. <laughs> oh God, they're just pumping that. Just start your money on fire. That's that's got to be up there right now. Hey man, never know. Um, Jordan Spieth, Justin yeah. Rose, Bubba Watson, Jason Day. I love Jason Day at the Masters. Just outside is John Rahm, Phil Ooh, Mickelson. Rahm. Yep, Phil Mickelson, Ricky Fowler, and Sergio. So when I was at the PGA Championship last summer, John Rom was walking through the woods right next to us. He is enormous. He is yeah, enormous. Like I, I first saw when I first saw that guy and saw his name a couple of years ago or whatever. I was like John Rom. That guy's probably from Texas. <laughs> yeah. He's into the country mind. He's that, yeah. He, that guy wears a size eight hat. He had a, he hit that backward shot on Sunday, like completely. Like, oh man, it's it's unbelievable. I'm gonna put it on Instagram just because it's such a great. Um, yeah, yeah, it'll it'll be a lot of fun. Um, uh, I don't know who I like to win it. It's so it's so hard. But, uh, definitely, if we do that, uh, definitely, if we do that that bracket thing you're talking about, that would keep yeah. keep my interest in all four days. The other yeah. thing you can do, so you can either take you can take the big eight. So yep. out of those eight names I listed, or you can take the field. And what do you like? The big eight is minus one twenty-five. The field's minus one hundred five. Um, I mean, why not? I mean, that seems like a good bet. But there's always somebody that creeps up there that you can't even think of. Louis Oosthuizen. Yeah, Oosthuizen will be in there. Yeah. I did see that like VJ uh, Singh and Fred Couples are like plus five thousand. Fred Couples made the cut last year. I'm pretty sure. Down towards the bottom. Yeah. Yeah. Well, VJ Singh, also a big smoker. That guy should be sponsored by the Marlboro Man. That's what I love about golfers is they got no problem smoking right on TV at Augusta. I mean, Jason Day in Kansas, the two most uncompetitive picks of all time. All right. So I got to pick a winner. Remember how hot Johnson was last year going to the Masters and then he slipped yeah. going down the yeah. steps? Yeah. Yes. 
Yeah, slipped. Guy was on a bender. Yeah, maybe. Um, I'm going to go Justin Thomas. Yeah? yeah. It, it just feels boring saying Justin Thomas, though, doesn't it? Like, Justin JT. Thomas. JT, baby. Yeah. I know he's Some kind of boring. He's kind of like a straight. Well, actually, the reason why I followed him and uh, him and Ricky Fowler on Snapchat for a while, they're pretty cool yeah. dudes. Yeah, you know, Ricky Fowler would be fun. It's my favorite thing about the Masters. I don't know if you watch it very closely, but I, I, I like it's my, my favorite golf event to watch every year. And the reason why I like it so much is because on the back nine, they have the, the, all those scoring holes right back to back, and you know exactly where a guy can catch up or you know, where he's out. So it just makes it exciting. So I'm looking forward to that. Anyway, you got been to Augusta? No, it's on a bucket list. I had a chance to go to the practice round a couple of years ago, and uh, I think we just think gotten... things are better off not going to. And so, like, yeah. you kind of let your mind wander, and, and the mystique of it uh, can grow. Whereas opposed to like, like that's kind of how I feel like about like uh, South Bend, like uh, yeah, Notre Dame football. Sure, like, I just think that campus and just everything about it, the mystique and the history behind it, is just so cool. But then. I've also heard, like, I think you've been there, or other people have been yep. there, like, that sounds a dump. Like, I don't want that to – want that's what my thought is of, of Notre Dame football or who knows, like, what Augusta, Georgia's like. Um, right. So, apparently, outside the gates, it's a real hellhole. But uh, I'll, I'll say it like this. So, you've been to Wrigley Field, right? Yeah. How old were you when you went for the first time? 17. I was probably 10, right? So my, my view is going to be a little bit more skewed than yours. But I, and I'm, I did not grow up a Cubs fan whatsoever. No chance. Couldn't stand them. First time I went to Wrigley Field and I saw the Ivy and it was like this field in the middle of the neighborhood and everything. I'm like, TV does not do this place justice at all. So, I mean, there's definitely, there's definitely stuff you got to go see. Um, and so what I've heard, I've heard about Augusta is, is what you can't tell on TV is how hilly and beautiful and green it is there. Like you, you like apparently it's just hill ridden. And so I don't know, may, maybe. Make it up an excuse for myself because uh, I can't. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I see what you're saying. Like the, the, the mystique of it. I mean, but think about it. Like how, well, let me ask you this. When we went to the Rose Bowl, right? Yeah. That was worth going to because I didn't realize how beautiful it was around. I mean, yeah. uh, around the stadium, you know, up into the hills, and especially the way you and I got to experience it, where we were yeah. driving around for a couple hours, uh, killing time. That was that was actually that was beneficial to go and experience it, though. So I don't know. It's uh, it's just something I thought about. Where some things you can yeah. kind of let your mind wander and just. Uh, you know, the, the way you've always pictured Augusta or the Masters since you were a little kid keep it that way or yeah. for, for whatever reason when it's outdoors i have a different view but like i have no desire to go to cameron indoor stadium or like the boston garden i don't need i don't need yeah. some sweaty irishman from boston spilling his beer all over me beating his wife like yeah maybe, um, maybe the old parquet floor at the old garden but um nah. there's yeah. no basketball arena that i need to go no. see him. Maybe a day game at uh, Fog Allen down in down in Lawrence would be cool. Like a Saturday afternoon where they got the yeah. windows open. Yeah, the day games are great because they have uh, windows. Yeah. So natural sunlight coming in. 
Yeah, I could get on board with that. I've never, I've never been to do a game down there either. I think that would could be fun. Yeah, I mean, you got to deal. With, I don't think there's really maybe. Oh well, I think Creighton beat Nebraska tonight. They're up one nothing. Yeah, uh, they're up three nothing in the bottom of the eighth. I know that. Oh, okay, nice. Have you ever thought about that, by the way, like how important it used to be and now I could just care less? Yeah, yeah. It's a bubble you live in. Yeah, I mean, God, I was like the most important thing. I couldn't understand why anyone in the whole wide world wouldn't be there. And then I'm like, I think it's a bunch of 19 year olds bunting. Legitimacy to the rivalry back then. There was a lot of Omaha uh, guys that were just guys that knew each other on both teams. And there was. I think there was there for a little bit. Both teams were pretty good, especially guys at 05. I would, yeah. I would give credit to the rivalry to the years of 04 and 05, I think. Nebraska went to the World Series in 05, yeah. and they'd been there in 01 and 02. And so when I got there in 06, it's just not that exciting of a place for people to go anymore. But people used to go to Rosenblatt because of the stadium. Right. I like I like the Cold Series down there. Don't get me wrong. Uh, I like I like it being around bars and restaurants and uh, people to experience a little bit nicer version of Omaha. But yeah, there's there's something to be said for old old history of Rosemont. But yeah, the rivalry seems like it's kind of died down, and, and that's our big part of Nebraska. Just yeah, yeah, and Creighton won three to one. Great and one, three to one. There you go. Yeah. Three to one. Take it's a blue state again. Yeah, put that in put that up your bucket, Erstad. These days uh Nebraska will actually get good sports. Hey, yeah, I I mean women's volleyball. I guess they're good there, but Creighton volleyball was good. Creighton yeah. Creighton women's basketball went further than the yeah. Basketball, Creighton men's basketball is obviously better. Creighton baseball soccer team's better. Creighton soccer team's better. Well, shooting, and, and you could argue facilities all day long, back and forth between the two. Sure. So, in today's two guys from Nebraska podcast, we will be discussing the Final Four and why it's the best three week event in all of sports. We'll be discussing the Loyola basketball Cinderella run. We're going to be making predictions on the Final Four. We'll have some prop bets for the Final Four, and we'll be previewing our Masters pool that we'll have as well. Be sure to follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Two Guys from NE. Any questions, please shoot us an email at Two Guys from Nebraska at gmail.com and enjoy. Have you ever been to Augusta? No, it's on the bucket list. I had a chance to go to the practice round a couple years ago, and uh, I think we just think gotten... Things are better off not going to. And so like, yeah. you kind of let your mind wander, and, and the mystique of it uh, can grow, whereas opposed to, like... Like, that's kind of how I feel, like, about, like, uh, South Bend, like uh, yeah. Notre Dame football. Sure. Like, I just think that campus and just everything about it, the mystique and... The history behind it is just so cool. But then I've also heard, like, I think you've been there. Or other people have been yep. there. Like, that's a dump. Like, I don't want that to – I don't want what my thought is of, of Notre Dame football or who knows, like, what Augusta, Georgia's like. Um, right. So, apparently, outside the gates, it's a real hellhole. But uh, I'll, I'll say it like this. So, you've been to Wrigley Field, right? Yeah. How old were you when you went for the first time? 17. 
I was probably 10, right? So my, my view is going to be a little bit more skewed than yours, but I, and I'm, I did not grow up a Cubs fan whatsoever. No chance. Couldn't stand them. First time I went to Wrigley field and I saw the Ivy and it was like this field in the middle of the neighborhood and everything. I'm like, TV does not do this place justice at all. So, I mean, there's definitely, there's definitely stuff you got to go see. Um, and so what I've heard, I've heard about Augusta is, is what you can't tell on TV is how hilly and beautiful and green it is there. Like you, you like, apparently it's just hill ridden. And so I don't know, may, maybe make it up an excuse for myself. Uh, Cause I can't. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I see what you're saying. Like the, the, the mystique of it. I mean, but think about it. Like how, well, let me ask you this. When we went to the Rose bowl, right. Yeah. That was worth going to because I didn't realize how beautiful it was around. I mean, yeah. uh, around the stadium, you know, up into the hills and especially the way you and I got to experience it where we were yeah. driving around for a couple hours, uh, killing time. That was, I was actually, that was beneficial to go and experience it though. So I don't know. It's, uh, it's just something I thought about where some things you can yeah. kind of let your mind wander and just, uh, you know, the, the way you've always pictured Augusta or the Masters since you were a little kid, 